0: Hi, my name is Lawrence Johnson. Uh, welcome to the Family Disappeared podcast. And today we have a really uh, interesting show. We're going to touch on several different subjects and matters. And um, we're going to talk about parenting without access. We're going to talk about the system at large, the court system, the mental health system, and the implication and the effects on our families and our children. We're going to talk about this high road, this idea of being a good person and doing the next right thing. And again, how that affects everything that we go through with parental alienation and what the effects are on our children and not necessarily the intended effects, but the unintended effects, the impacts on our kids. We're also going to talk briefly about the closed system of parental alienation and what that means. And I'm going to touch base on the organization, PAA at large, who we are, what we do, why we're doing what we're doing, and what our overall goal is over this next couple of years. So um, stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. And please remember to share, like, follow, subscribe, depending where you're finding us at, and leave reviews please leave reviews and this is in order for more folks to find us and we also want to hear your suggestions this is a community-based podcast and organization and if you have something to say something we've missed a subject you want us to cover someone you want interviewed or if you think that you have something you'd like to share we're going to have a great many opportunities for you to share part of your story if that's what you want to do so let's jump into the show there was a time in my life when i was overwhelmed and underwater those days are the inspiration for this podcast this is by far the ultimate healing journey for all of us healing ourselves emotionally spiritually and physically is paramount to this journey from this place of grounding we can all go out into the world and change all our interactions and relationships we can engage people from an integrated and resourced place this is a journey of coming home to ourselves in today's episode we'll start to explore some of these issues let's begin the healing journey today welcome to the family disappeared podcast so I've said this before, for the first seven or eight years, I had no idea uh, what parental alienation was. I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that my heart was breaking. I was full of anxiety and fear. I was having panic attacks. And all I wanted to do was get my kids back in my life. And I was willing to do anything. And in the beginning, I tried every kind of strategy. I spoke to the therapist. I spoke to the attorneys. I can't say that I read books about parental alienation because I didn't know about it. But I started to resource myself. I started attending 12-step meetings, which was a really big part of my recovery. I found a community of people that would just love me. You know what I mean? And it wasn't a parental alienation, estrangement, or racial specific group. It was just a general, 12 step meeting at large and it helped me start to find myself It helped me start to heal as an individual and start to deal with some of the trauma and some of the stuff out of my family of origin some of my coping mechanisms and then how i showed up in the world and i do have a resentment from those early days and uh, the resentment was probably is mine and, and directed at me but there was this concept that i heard a lot in our recovery about taking the high road and doing the next right thing. And if you listen to our last episode with Lynn Steinberg talking about going into court and making sure that you really show up in your own body and you talk about stuff that's uncomfortable, you don't let this idea of taking the high road or being a good person make you give away your agency, put you in a position where you're not advocating for yourself. And when I was taking the high road, I was just trying to be a good guy and I figured if I could be a good enough guy then everything would be okay. I didn't realize this was a systems problem, you know what I mean? I thought it was just a matter of time and space and everything would return to normal. So if you're new to this struggle, if you're new to parental alienation, if you're confused, if you don't know what's going on, if you're angry, sad and anxious, the one thing that I would say for you is get support, build resilience, take care of yourself and, and doing all those things are the most important thing before engaging with attorneys and therapists and everyone else out there. And professionals are incredibly important, get them. If you're in trauma or something going on, yeah, 100% go to a therapist, psychiatrist, whatever it is that you need to resource yourself. But on an interpersonal level, resourcing myself changes the way that I deal with everything else out there. You know what I mean? And in the beginning, I was just thinking a good guy gets everything, it's gonna be okay. You know what I mean? Not pushing into some subject matters bypassing stuff emotionally and spiritually, I, I thought was going to be okay because the kids would figure it out and stuff would just change. And that wasn't a good strategy for me. I wish I would have stepped into more spaces. I wish I would have been more grounded and more educated and, and been able to advocate for myself in a different way. And with that being said, we're going to jump into the meat of the show and expand on this idea of uh, being a good guy and like a secret handshake or a unilateral agreement that so many of us are raised with. If we're good, other people are going to be good. If we do the right thing, other people are going to do the right thing. Like I'm going to do something for you and we're never going to discuss it, but you're going to do the same nice thing for me and then everything's going to be okay. And it's really detrimental to be raised in a family that that's what you learn to do. And it has this unintended impact zone with with my children and, and maybe with yours too. And stick around at the end of the show. I'm going to share some, uh, resiliency practices actually one resiliency practice that i use on a daily basis and it's just a simple way to get back into my body and uh really useful and i'd highly suggest uh you trying it out okay let's get going so i just want to acknowledge this is our 12th episode and uh you have all been so incredibly supportive you've supplied questions you've made comments you have followed us you're liking what's going on and this community is really big right like a I'm not sure what you think, but you might be thinking this is parents and grandparents, you know, but this is parents, grandparents, other family members. This is children, alienated children, estranged children. And everyone has a space here and everyone is just as important. And we're getting a lot of feedback and different perspectives from a lot of kids and estranged kids that are really angry and frustrated. And that's valid. Like if that's the door you're coming in, I just want to say welcome. And you being angry at, at me as a parent or whatever it is that you're angry at, that's it's real and it's valid and your, and your feelings matter. And we want to hear about that. And part of this healing journey is everyone getting to heal. And also the healing journey is child-centric. It's really about us as parents and grandparents taking responsibility for what we brought into the relationships. And hopefully... The young adults and stuff like that get to see a different way of being as they're traversing their recovery journey. They get, they get the opportunity to decide, you know, what's the next indicated step for them. So the first thing that I want to talk about is parenting without access. Right. And uh, so many people out there are, are struggling with not having any kind of contact, partial contact, or maybe they have one contact with one child and, and not contact with another child. Right, and uh, for me, I don't have any contact with my two oldest daughters, and I do have contact with my youngest daughter. And it's it's challenging. My heart breaks every day. And what does that mean, right? What does that mean in the relationship to parenting without access? Well, I'm here today sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Right, and I feel like that is a parenting decision for me for me to put my face out there and my body out there, to be an advocate for change in the system and also share some of the resources I've learned is a way that I get to parent, right? And and let's, let's open the lens of parenting. Maybe I don't get to parent my kids. Maybe I get to share information with other kids or other young adults. Maybe I help change a perspective on something or share a resource. Maybe I help a parent, a grandparent, a sister, a brother-in-law, or a step-parent, you know? But this is my opportunity to parent without access. And another important way that I parent without access is to work on my own emotional and spiritual ecosystem. You know, if you're thinking, I just want my kids back, I just want my parents back, I just want a relationship, that's all really, really valid. But this is the step before the step. If I just jump back into one of those relationships, but I'm not working on myself emotionally and spiritually, I'm not working on my perspectives and my constructs. And I just jump back into the same relationship and ultimately I'm gonna get the same results. I might stay connected with my kids for a long period of time, but am I really doing the work that is gonna affect change in the family system and really give them the best opportunity as they grow older? I'm not sure. And there's so many different ways that we parent without access and we're gonna do a show just on that, so uh, that's gonna be something to look forward to. And just an idea to to piggyback on this idea with parenting without access. You know, uh, when I first started struggling with my kids right after I separated from my ex. You know what I mean? There was a lot of stuff going on and I'd done a good amount of therapy and I thought it was really important to get my kids into therapy. So my youngest daughter was five, my middle daughter was eight and my oldest daughter I think was 11 or 12. And my oldest daughter... Had opted out. And I, I don't share this part of my story often, but my oldest daughter was alienated from me from the age of 12 to 13. And then I had a relationship with her until 18. And then she's been alienated again. So this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it's subversive and it's divisive. And the alienator is driving it to a degree. But this disease also drives itself at a point once these gears are installed and some of these thoughts and feelings. Are digested by the children and become part of the nervous systems then this disease has its own propulsion it has its own movement and every single player in the system including myself can help drive parental alienation estrangement erasure disconnection whatever it is at different times and sometimes it's it's not even intentional it just keeps moving so I took my kids to therapy and uh, the two youngest ones they, they they were five and eight again And I was reflecting on on this on my hike this morning is I picked a therapist that was very sweet, that presented very well, that looked like a picture frame of what a nice therapist would look like in my head from a movie, from some kind of script, right? And I just presumed that she would take care of my kids and do the best that she could. And at that time, like I wasn't really well resourced. I didn't really know how to advocate for myself. So anyone that's doing the therapy thing and or the therapy dance, reunification, whatever it is, it's really important to be resourced and, and have resilience and advocate for yourself and ask questions and tell the therapist what you need. And if you're not getting what you need from the therapist is finding someone that is equipped to have these kind of conversations. Because in my experience, most therapists aren't And are they doing something negative? No, they're just running a business and I get to spend 50 minutes with them and then they move on to the next client. So it's really important for me to advocate for myself. And I noticed that I picked this therapist because of the way she looked and the way she presented. And if I'm brutally honest, it was for my nervous system that I picked her. She presented in a way that was good and, and calm into my nervous system, and, and I just wanted someone that was nice or presented as that way, instead of really wanting to get a therapist that maybe was a little bit more um, educated or stronger, was more direct and intense. So I see that now, you know, seventeen years into this journey, that was a, a choice I made at that time, and it was based on what I knew at that time. And if you're new man, you can make some different choices, get to use the different resources that are out there and really think about why you're making the choices, when you're making the choices. Are you picking something because it looks familiar versus looking for something that will really push into what's happening? Because I know I liked to hide in the shadows and not really deal with uh, the things that were happening of taking this high road and thinking everything was going to be okay, but that just didn't happen. Right. So we're going to jump into this high road idea. Like you take the high road. I pick the nice therapist. If I do the right thing, the right thing is going to happen. But no, like I need to educate myself. I need to advocate for myself. I need to build resilience. I need to build resources. And if you're new to the community, we have a free 12 step group. There's 14 meetings a week. It's on Zoom. It's accessible to most folks. And it's a loving, kind community and people understand what you're going through, but it's also a recovery-based community. We're working on ourselves emotionally, spiritually, interpersonally, and that's where the magic happens. And that's where the parenting without access comes from again, is me working on myself, right? And things start to change. And and then when I make these agreements that I'm gonna be a nice guy, but I don't tell anyone else there's no explicit agreement, I start looking at where that's created havoc in uh, my relationships with my kids. Like I'm making agreements on their behalf, but I'm not really showing up. I'm not really showing up in those uncomfortable spaces. I'm just trying to be a good guy. And again, I'm trying to um, navigate my nervous system and calm my nervous system down. And uh, it hasn't led to great results sometimes. And there are times where it's really relevant and useful to be reflective and slow and intentional about what you're saying. But there's a big difference between being slow and intentional and conscious about what you're saying and doing and giving away your agency and basically advocating your power to someone else. That has definitely been a a detrimental thing for me. And I also just wanted to talk briefly about the closed system, right? And when I talk about the closed system, I'm talking about alienation, estrangement, erasure, disconnection, and the. Kids or even myself and everyone that's involved in the nuclear family is part of a closed system. And I was part of the alienation, right? Because I was in this closed system for a very long time. Like I signed off on a lot of the behavior. I was a lot of the behavior because it was familiar. From my family of origin, like I experienced taking care of my mother at a really young age. I experienced taking care of my mom in vitro when I was in her belly, like she needed someone to help calm a nervous system. And that's a really important part of parental alienation, like the kids, uh, grandkids, young adults are still regulating other people's nervous systems because that's what they were taught in vitro at a very, very young age. And it's normal and it's real. And again, I'm not invalidating anyone's experience or saying that a a young adult or young child is not experiencing anger and frustration and other things with with me as a parent or either parent. You know, what I'm just saying is like we get these different buttons installed at a really young age from our families of origin and we carry them into adulthood until we're ready to start on unpacking them. So I have the struggle, right? Like I have connection with my youngest daughter and uh, she's still in a closed system, right? She's still in the system where there's all these different dynamics going on and stuff. And uh, it's challenging to have relationships with kids when parental alienation is always present, when estrangement is always present. Because no matter what's happening, I'm still navigating that in in, in every kind of conversation. So I just want to acknowledge that for the kids, young adults, for the parents, grandparents, like we're all trying to navigate the system and this energy is apparent and visceral and and with us in, in, in every single conversation. And that's why it's really important for all the stakeholders to, to get help so the conversation can evolve and change. And Karen Whittle, who's one of my favorite folks uh, in this community that does some really great work out of the UK. I would definitely look her up if you're not familiar with her. She shared in one of her talks that I listened to about critical thinking. And critical thinking is not fully developed in young adults until their early 30s, 32, 33, 34. And this is a window when a lot of people have an opportunity to reconnect. You know, and I know the brain doesn't fully develop until 26, 27, but not until I'd listened to Karen did I, I realize that there's this other developmental issue and, and uh, process taking place that we all go through. And for me, like my life started to significantly change. You must probably in my mid thirties, at 36 years old, you know, I got sober and started changing my life and started behaving differently. So starting this podcast and talking about the system that I'm part of really creates tension in the system and everyone else that's still in the closed system. So my three daughters, my ex and whoever else is part of the system feel threatened, feel um, exposed once I start talking about these things in a more public kind of way. And it puts pressure on the system. And if the system starts to feel this pressure and get pressurized, then, you know, more shrapnel comes my way in different kind of nuanced ways, right? So I know that me doing this is having an effect on my kids, most probably not in the most positive way. And it's a really positive message, or at least that's what my intention is. And it's how I am parenting without access again. It's just coming back to that circle. And I just wanted to talk about the closed system because it's really important. You know, when you are talking to a child you do have contact with, or someone you are reunified with, like the work doesn't stop. And if you are part of a support group and you get your kid back, and you think, "Hey, well, the work's done now. Let me let me get out of here. I got better things to do." I believe that the hardest work is once we actually have contact. I know my hardest relationship right now is with my youngest daughter, who I do have contact with. It's really, really challenging to navigate all the nuances of what's going on. And uh, I don't think that's going to change very soon. And uh, I feel the pain. I really, really feel the pain because I'm living in, in, in it. And when I'm with her, I'm, re- I'm really in it. I'm, I'm in the river. I'm in the stew. I'm in the fire. And I love seeing her. You know what I mean? It's such a conflicting place to be and, and such a uh, confusing emotions that, that come up with that. And all these different subjects we're going to jump into on, on deeper levels and have full shows dedicated to them. Uh, this is again, like I said, episode 12, we have four episodes left, uh, in the season. You know, the next two episodes are going to be fantastic. There are going to be a couple different parents, Talking about the experience in parental alienation, there's there's a lot of provocative questions and emotions and some really stunning uh, revelations that I think are really gonna help you. And then the last two episodes of the season are fantastic. We're addressing the, the court system, the legal system, some mental health, and we got a fantastic uh, guest on that's doing some really phenomenal work in making resources available to folks that don't necessarily have the resources to pay a high-end attorney or don't even have any resources at all. There's some free stuff. You know, and to wrap up the show, I just want to jump into Parental Alienation, the organization, and just give you a five-minute overview of who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it. So Parental Alienation, PAA, is an organization to help parents, grandparents, children, young adults, and anyone else struggling with alienation, estrangement, erasure, disconnection or any other word you want to use. You hear me say this all the time. It's a really, really big tent. Everyone's welcome. And there's all different kind of access points. And within the organization, we believe that it's really important to have a lot of doors, a lot of doors where different people can enter where they feel safe and they feel comfortable. So just to touch basis on some of the doors that we have and, and, and maybe a couple seconds on why we have them. So the first door is this podcast. Like it's a real great opportunity to reach a more diverse group of folks all over the world and let them know about some of the resources we have, right? And let them know that they're free and that they're accessible. And I also want to say there's a privilege for anyone that's watching this or anyone that's listening to this, the privilege of time, the privilege of access to internet, the privilege of access to having a phone or a computer. Not all of our community has that. There's a lot of people on the margins that are unrepresented in meetings, unrepresented in professionals out there. And I just want to say like a a huge part of our commitment to the community is really to work on diversity Equity and inclusion. And we haven't done a great job of this. And as we start fundraising and building resources, this is going to be most probably 20 or 25% of the time we spend is really bringing a community that's diverse and representative together. So we had the one door, which is the podcast door. And if you want to get involved, You know, we're going to start a podcast crew, have people that can contribute, whether they want to be on the podcast, where they want to help us cultivate questions and engage the community and so many other things. So if you want to be involved, send us an email, let us know who you are and what kind of way you want to be involved. And there will also be a survey in the show notes, just asking questions about what you want to know about, who you want us to interview, what we're missing, who's unrepresentative, how we can make this community more inclusive right? The second door is the Family Hope Project. And the Family Hope Project is an advocacy and educational platform where anyone can submit any kind of art, whether it's a painting, a dance, a song, sculpture, and they get to title the art and they get to give us a little bit of a description about it. So there was a gentleman that sent me a a picture of a boat on a napkin when he left the court and the boat was taken on water and he had different words and stuff around it. And he was representing how overwhelmed he felt by the court system and how hopeless it felt that he was just going to die in this little boat in the middle of the ocean so you get to supply that information and then we're building out a website and once it's up we're going to engage all the organizations around the world that are doing similar work and, and make this into a portal so everyone has a stake in the game and everyone gets represented and we're going to have all these art submissions. We're going to have education about what's happening, about the law system, the mental health system, uh, legislature. We're going to include as much information from different countries as possible. And the goal of this advocacy and the educational platform is to educate people, is to tell your therapist, your attorney, your best friend, your dog groomer, anyone out there about what's going on, how they can learn more about it, how they can participate. And ultimately, this is a systemic problem, right? Like the system is broken. We can all agree wherever we are, whatever country, and the system isn't working. And from my perspective, the only way to change the system is if you and I get on the streets, advocate, protest, educate, like no one's here to catch us we need to catch each other. And this is a people power solution, in my opinion. And other people, I'm sure, have different opinions. And there's people doing great work in all different silos and perspectives around there. I'm not negating any of that, but I truly believe this is a people power issue. And we, the affected ones, are gonna to have to be the ones that cultivate the energy to, to create change. And it might not be for our families. And if we look at the histories of people that are advocating and on the street and changing some of the systemic issues around the world, it was done one person at a time and it didn't necessarily change their life, but it definitely affected other people coming down the road. And that's what we're going to do. And the And the Family Hope Project is just a little piece of educating, advocating, and being in our power and showing up for our lives. And we need your input. There's a link in the show notes to submit art. If you want to be part of something, if you want to be on on the committee that kind of like runs the stuff if you want to contribute if you have ideas jump in right this is mostly volunteer run everything you're seeing is done by volunteers the show you might see my face man i'm just one person on a team of a bunch of people that are doing a bunch of work giving up their time you know caring about you about someone that they don't know And they're willing to do that because they really believe on a systemic issue that we can create sustainable long-term change. And maybe not for us, maybe not for our situations, but we can definitely affect what's going to happen coming down the road. You know, another door is uh, the Parental Alienation Anonymous uh, support group meetings. Again, a link in the show notes, all free, wonderful, wonderful, loving community. And I go to four meetings on average a week. And when I'm struggling with something, I go to six, seven meetings a week. And I've been doing this for a lot, a lot of years, 35 some odd years, and uh, in different 12-step programs. You know, this program's only been around for two and a half years, but uh it has saved my life, and I highly recommend to jump in that door and check it out. Another door which is just so, so exciting is our foundational trainings, and the foundational trainings include NVC, nonviolent communication, which is an empathy-based form of education, which is life-changing in every relationship, every single person you talk to, and has changed my relationship to my words, how I see people. You know, Through, through NVC, you actually try to discern what people are feeling and needing. You know what I mean? And when I humanize my kids' experiences and when they tell me that I'm a bad father or a bad person or anything like that, and I can humanize it and say, wow, you're really angry at me and you're feeling really hurt. You didn't like my response. It It didn't feel useful. You know, and you're just needing a sense of safety. You just want to feel loved, you know? like what a transformational practice nonviolent communication is and then we're going to have uh, the heart practices and meditation and there's a there's a meditation practice called sympathetic joy and sympathetic joy is joy in someone else's joy and and learning to call, cultivate joy in my kids joy even though I'm not part of their lives is uh, has been transformational and that that'll be something that we're offering we're going to be doing some different stuff there's uh something called the work by Byron Katie which will take any really really hard thought or situation Situation you have and give you some different windows to look at it and then transform the thought and that's wonderful and then there's work called grace training which was developed by a roshi joe in Halifax at your Pia zen center in new mexico and uh so many other things and these foundational trainings are going to come online with fundraising everything's going to be free in the in everything's going to be free in the foundational trainings and the meetings and we need resources as a community if we want to roll these out quickly and and that might not work out that way we might roll this out really 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 slowly or if the community jumps in and some of you have great resources some of you have no resources and let's just quantify resources you know resources are definitely money and financial resources a resource is time volunteering asking how you can help sending in suggestions there's so many ways to share resources so you know consider what that looks like for you and please jump in and share so those are just some of our doors. And again, the importance of the different doors is something like the podcast, like reaches a lot of folks, maybe 40, 50, 60 percent might come in through the podcast. Maybe 5 percent are going to come in through searching for a support group and coming through, you know, the Parental Alienation Anonymous support group. Maybe people's expression through art's is going to bring three or four or five percent. Maybe the advocacy work. You know, the diversity, equity and inclusion work is going to bring 10%. Like we need to open as many doors as possible because our mission is to help as many people as possible for fun and for free. And uh, again, we're all volunteer run. It's peer-to-peer. We do have some folks helping us out that are being paid. And that's a show. we covered a lot of topics. Again, we have four episodes left in the season. And we'll jump right into our next season afterwards. And uh, we're going to be making some changes to the show. We're going to be having a mailbag at every show where we're answering your questions. So please, ask questions. Share thoughts. We're going to be having live events, live Q&As. We're going to be having uh, an organizational community conversation once a month, just talking about how to change the community. We're going to have a conference and convention next year. Get involved. We need your support. And uh, the foundational trainings hopefully will be launched by by the end of the year and, uh, and so much more. And again, thank you for coming along for this journey. And again, share, like, subscribe. Please, please give us reviews. You know what I mean? You don't have to like me, like what I'm saying, but if the content feels useful and the community feels useful or one of these doors feels useful, please share that with as many people as possible. And the way we do that, unfortunately, right now is through social media. That's what the world is. And that's how we we reach a, a much denser population. And we need to share this worldwide and we're so excited to have you along for the journey and I promised you a a practice, uh, a calming, uh, a resiliency, an embodiment practice. So what I want you to do, and you might not have the time to do this right now and you might wanna do it later on, but this is how the practice works. You're gonna take your right hand and you're gonna put it squarely in the middle of your chest. And I want you to put a little bit of pressure on your chest so you can actually feel like the palm of your hand on your chest and this is starting to get you into your body you know i'm rubbing mine around in kind of like a circular motion and then what i want you to do is i want you to stick your fingertips into your chest you're actually feeling four or five different points touching your chest and again getting you into your body, starting to feel your body. If you're stuck in a ruminating thought, if you're anxious, if you're confused or you just just want to take care of yourself in a loving, kind way, right hand on your chest, feel the pressure of your fingertips. Left hand on your belly, okay? I'm still keeping my right hand on my chest, but my left hand's on my belly and I'm just going to take slow breaths into my belly, right? This is going to calm my nervous system down. So, Oh, maybe that's the first breath I've taken <laughs> on this podcast. So let's just let's just do this, right? Breathing through your nose into the belly and then oh, just let it go and just feel your body kind of relax into your seat, your shoulders drop, maybe your jaw release and you know, I do this maybe 10, 15, 20 times a day. I find myself stuck in a thought or maybe having some kind of physical pain or something going on. My right hand goes to my chest. I get back into my body. My left hand goes onto my belly. I take some breaths into my belly through my nose and and I just feel my whole ecosystem start to relax. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, there's a lot of information. I hope it wasn't too bouncy. And uh, the next episode, uh, we have two parents on a on a panel talking about a lot of different things about parental alienation estrangement erasure and sharing some best practices some resources some hopes for the future some mistakes they made some victories and uh these are some empowered parents that are in their body that are in their agency that have changed their lives and residually You know what I mean? The kids have the best possible chance going forward to have a grounded, resourced, resilient, and available parent. So enjoy the day. Thank you for taking the time to listen and uh, we will see you in the neighborhood. Thanks for taking the time to join me on this episode of Family Disappeared Podcast. Do you know someone who can benefit from what we're discussing on today's episode? If so, please share this podcast with them and anyone else in your community that might be interested in changing their lives. Together, we'll continue the exploring, growing, and healing journey. I will see you on our next episode. Until then, happy days to all.